All right, Tom, that was fun. It had a strange feel to it, that game, didn't it? Uh, four goals for United. And uh, I think Dan and I complained on the last pod how United and Chelsea can't score goals. Got a few tonight. Yeah, it could have been a few more, though, for both teams, actually. But it yeah. was it's always fun to just dump on Frank Lampard and dump on Chelsea like we did. It just felt so, so fun and weird that second half. Like, we were playing Chelsea. And it was like we were playing a team that had been relegated five weeks ago. It was yeah, exactly. Yeah, bizarre. Yeah, the, the I mean they created a few chances, didn't they, in that first half? But mm-hmm. they're just such an absolute mess at the back, just <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, like like you said, they did create some good chances. Like Mudrick's one in the in the first half, especially, was really good. Like that Lewis Hall looked like a decent player for them today. He looked like, decent. He He's probably their best player, times. wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That like what they're probably one player who they haven't signed for a ridiculous fee in the last 12 months. Um, well, he's in the shop window, isn't he? Their FFP position is such they really need to sell kids <laughs> that have come through the academy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why Mason Mount's obviously yeah. being touted everywhere, left, left, right and centre and obviously Man United. But yeah, like, a better team would have made us pay in that first half. But then also on the other side, like there's, we should have scored so many more in that first half. We obviously scored two and we played pretty poorly, I'd probably say in that first half, but like we still should have scored more like Martial, if he could have a first touch, there was two at least where he, he could have scored. There was another couple of first touches that went awry from others. It was, it was just a really sloppy game all around, to be honest, from both teams defensively and attacking. It was, yeah. Obviously, United missing chances, Chelsea missing chances, really, really open. Had a odd feel to it. I mean, given that United had to win, and I guess Chelsea, <laughs> well, it doesn't really matter for them. It had a sort of, sort of pre-season or testimonial feel to it. Maybe yeah. a bit more intensity than that, but just kind of way, way too open. I can't imagine Ten Hag would be happy watching that back. That United can see. I mean, City would obviously absolutely annihilate us if we're going to be that open against them in the cup final, yeah. which I'm sure we won't be. But it felt like because Chelsea was so bad, we could just play in first or second gear throughout. And if if Chelsea scored, I think we would like would have just ratcheted it up. Especially like when at one 0 we were quite complacent. Yeah, but it just felt like we could always just find another gear if we wanted to. It was just like you say; it did feel like a testimonial, despite the fact that we needed a result to to yeah qualify for the Champions League. But Chelsea are just bad, and it's really, really funny, and it's it's a delight to just see Frank sitting there with all the horror that he's witnessing in front of him piled onto his shoulders and fi- piled onto his face. But yeah. It's 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 just really like quite jarring to watch it. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish all the misery in the world professionally on Frank Lampard, just because really there's no real reason other than he's just fucking annoying. He's a Tory as well. And, and he's a Tory. And he just seems to like fail himself upwards into jobs. Like how? Yeah. How? He's well, but well this job I, I thought when, when he got it, obviously like ridiculously lucky. For some reason, all the Chelsea fans wanted him to to be appointed despite his terrible job last season. But I thought, well, he's got nothing to lose here. Like he can't 
make his reputation any worse hmm. if they beat Real Madrid <laughs> if they beat Real Madrid like they like he could yeah maybe walk into the permanent job again but like somehow he's made his reputation even worse he's won one game way to Bournemouth drew one against Forest at home like it's incredible like, how many Eight? super frank super shy if, if, I mean, I know this is a ridiculous statement, but I think if you took the season from the end of October onwards, Chelsea would be a point above the relegation zone. I mean, they have been absolutely <laughs> dreadful and just the amount of money spent. And you, you kind of think that there's there's some talent in there. I mean, we know that Enzo Fernandez is a really good player and yeah. he showed some of it tonight. He's better than what, what Chelsea are giving him the platform to sort of demonstrate. At the moment, Mudrake, I can't tell really. No, but, I mean I'd only seen bits of him before. Obviously, he's got a lot of speed. Ukraine Bolt is the nickname for him, which is a cracker. Yeah, but Usain Bolt wasn't great, was he? Really, either. <laughs> it wasn't right, if you're comparing player, him maybe. to him, then I'm not sure that's that's the best comparison in the world. I know all speed, so, nothing else. That's why. <laughs> yeah, quite uh, similar actually. Yeah, and there's probably something in Nodamadoreki as well. I mean, obviously, they spent a lot of money for a young young player. He's, he looks like he's got something. I do like Kani Jukwameka. I mean, I thought he was a really mm. good use prospect. They could really do with a forward who scores some goals, obviously. So could we. So. <laughs> yeah. And, so. and to be fair, if they had that tonight, they might have made it a different game. They might have done, yeah. But yeah. I, I, I say that, but I also don't think that. Because I feel, like I say, I feel if if we had it gone behind today, we would have just ratcheted up, and their defense was absolutely shocking. They were so bad at the back. Like Fafana, I mean, when he was at Leicester, he, he was, was one of the player, best defenders right? in the league. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, they spent seventy been, odd million. Been, I know. <laughs> yeah, but maybe that's what you do when you buy defenders for a lot of money from Leicester. They turn into, yeah. Interesting uh, prospect, but he was. I mean, obviously, with a lot of their players, it is just a confidence thing, and and also playing for a man like Frank Lampard can't be easy. Like, yeah, you see, Jao Felix coming on, and Frank giving him a, like a few pointers, and you're like, I know you're a good player, mate, but like, I'm not going to listen to you as a manager. <laughs> no, Jao Jao Felix. Interest. I mean, I'm assuming that Chelsea won't take up the option on him because because. I mean, one, they can't really afford it, I don't think, given how they need to strengthen elsewhere. And he's he's what got... That was his fourth goal since arriving. I'm not sure he's justified right. the £20 million loan fee. I mean, obviously... I mean, it was a great goal. Great goal as well. I mean... It is mad that it was £20 million. He's got this knack of scoring against us. Scored against us in the Champions League. Scored against us in that preseason mm-hmm. friendly. Scored against us tonight. So, but it just feels like they've got a lot of players that feel a bit like that he's not a real number nine i mean yeah. and i guess you look at two teams today and you like there's not a number nine a real number nine in the squad between them really i mean martial yeah. spent a lot of the time out on the left i to very little effect most of the time i, mean, I know he scored but even he couldn't miss from there today. yeah that was that was a real i mean martial's form obviously this season has been well He's not played a lot of it, but very up and down. But I feel like that's one of his weakest games today. This, he was he epitomised the game in in the fact of, in his, in his sloppiness, but also he was praised a lot 
this season by Ten Hag for his pressing, but that is just just gone. He just looks like he can't be bothered anymore. It doesn't seem fit. Something physically not quite right with yeah. him. I think, yeah. Jaden Sancho, bit bit frustrating at times today, not passing at the right time, which is the thing he's good at. Then finally found the pass for Martial's goal, and uh, he, I mean, he, I, I thought he was actually quite good the other week, Jaden Sancho, and, and he gets a lot of stick because he's not direct. He's like the the opposite of Alejandro Garnacho, who goes direct to yeah. everything and mucks it out seventy five percent of the time and does something brilliant the rest of the time. And and Jaden Sancho is is quietly effective most of the time, but just not it's not flashy and and it's not enough for a player yeah. of of his talent and and price i guess but interesting today like he was much more effective wasn't he on the right hand side after as as after anthony got injured like all of his good work base in the game basically came after on on that right hand side there was a a moment where he made quite a bad pass just before he played the great pass for the goal and that was like i think maybe the third or fourth time where he'd made that kind of error, just like the wrong decision in the yeah. final third. And you're like, that's what you're good for. That's This is what we bought you for. We know you don't have the pace and the explosiveness, but the decision-making in the final third is what what we bought you for. And even that today was lacking. But I think after he made his assist, he, he, he got a lot better. Like he, he played the great ball for Garnacho, which which forced a great save from Kepa. He played that nice little pass to Bruno where Bruno hit the bar after Victor Lindelof's great great run and composure in the final yeah, third to find yeah. Sancho. Like yeah, it was it was an interesting game from Sancho. Like he's just like so many of our players, just really inconsistent. When he's good, he's good. Like his ball for Martial's goal was great. He just yeah. didn't think about it. He just played it, played the right pass into like a perfect position. But yeah. He was doing that every week at Dortmund. He doesn't do that every week at United. He doesn't do that throughout a game. He's just no. Yeah, it is. It's but incredibly it's frustrating a thing yeah. as well. Well, yeah. I mean, and and maybe overthinking things, as you say. Yeah. Maybe just when he has to just play it quickly. I mean, he definitely needs runners around him. I, I don't think it helps playing with with like Bruno, Anthony, Martial up front with him today. None of them particularly quick. I don't think that helps him particularly. I think you you want pace around him in order that he can play the passes. So, and, and also he, like knowing where those runners are going to be. Like, yeah, when you're in Dortmund and playing in, in a system, you know where each player is going to run. Whereas our team is such a chaotic team, and players kind of doing what they want. I guess in a lot of regards, that's a lot harder for a player like that who's really intelligent to know what where where the runners are going to go, if if the runners are even going in the first place. And I think that's why yeah. he struggles because he does, like you say, he overthinks and he thinks, where is that runner going to go to? Whereas in the, for the pass for the goal, it's Martial's going to have to run into that space. I can just play that pass there and it's it's nice and easy. Hopefully that will come as, as Ten Hag builds the system. But yeah, it's been two years of frustration and I can see why people do get frustrated. And especially like today, like the real times of frustration, but for real sure. times of excellence as well. It'd be interesting who who's gonna get the nod for the cup final. I mean, is it gonna be is mm-hmm. it gonna be Jaden Sancho or, or do you play Garnacho off the right? It's not really his preferred position, is it? I mean, I, I'm not sure that Anthony Martial's has done much to justify being in the team. So you could jiggle that front line around and, and play Rashford Garnacho 
and Sancho. So they're all kind of playing for a position. I, I'm just making the assumption that Anthony isn't going to be fit because he's in a lot yeah. of distress when he went down, although he tried to get up. Well, it seems really bad if you're like lying on the floor, floor in agony and then you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll try and run it off. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a scratch. <laughs> I think that's what Donny Van der Beek did as well, didn't he? Early in the season, I think he walked off the pitch. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I don't know if you should be doing that. No, that's right. Leg falls off, and you're like, mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, no, I mean, ho- hopefully, I, I, hopefully, it's not as bad as it looks. But it looked like one, like it looked like ligaments rather than a broken leg, didn't it? And yeah. maybe like ankle ligaments, and that could be months. Yeah, it's, it's, I only saw one replay. I don't know if they showed more on, on your feed or I missed a replay or something, but it seemed like, yeah, his, his leg kind of got caught under the training leg of... Yeah. I can't remember who made it. I think it was uh, Chalabal, Asta Laqueta, it? I think. Oh, it? Okay, yeah. It was, yeah, whoever it was, it kind of looked like his, yeah, his leg got caught underneath. And it's one of those as well with Anthony, like not to kind of downplay what happened, but at the time, especially, you kind of just thinking... He just wants a foul here because it's <laughs> yeah. so often yeah. like that. Him and Bruno, you can't tell if they're being serious or not. And then you realize, actually, and then you see him stand up and you're like, wow, this is really good acting. Like, I I, I genuinely believe that you were hurt. And then, oh, no, you actually are hurt. Like, you can't stand up on your leg. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's hard. It's like the boy crowd wolf, isn't it, very much? It, yeah. And Bruno, I mean, obviously went down quite easily for the first penalty shout although mm. i mean there's some contact there isn't there not not much but uh, and yeah. then it's definitely found for the second one where he made who did he make was he made he made made him look like a bit of a fool so, <laughs> but, that was like i don't know i don't know if this resonates with you but a five aside if someone nutmegs me I do sometimes just lose my call, lose my ego a little bit and just kick the guy as he runs past. <laughs> and that's what exactly like what Fofana is doing there, but in a professional game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, old I know. probably not quite the same. Humiliated by getting megged and humiliated by hacking down the opponent to give a <laughs> penalty away. It's yeah. I, I suppose we should talk through some of the goals. I mean, Casemiro, great header. I'm not sure I knew he was so good in the air, but he's <laughs> very good in the air. Yeah, his his goal against Chelsea away was one of my highlights of the season. I think yeah. because it came in 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 a game where I didn't realise Chelsea was so shit at that point in the season. I thought it was such a big goal. It felt like such a big goal because I think they were above us in the in the table. And yeah, he just he just pops up with these great headers, and he's like you say, he's so good in the air. He's what I thought Harry Maguire was in the air when I, when we signed him. I, I thought this is what we were yeah. from Maguire, but yeah, off out big cost. And he almost, also, like, Casemiro, I don't know how many there's been this season, but it feels like there's been three or four where he's timing that run to absolute perfection, by the way. Like, today's onside by a millimetre, cup final, onside by a millimetre. I think that the one against Chelsea, he was onside by a couple of millimetres or so. Like, it's, yeah. it's an art. And, like, he was great. And, obviously, like, his pass for the second goal is just, outrageous from um, a player outrageous who... no luck yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's interesting how good he is in those attacking spaces because normally he's the defensive player in this team isn't he yeah but uh, give him a chance to move forward and and he, he's he's, uh, he's just really good all over the pitch and seems to got his mojo back i think he seemed to lose it for a few weeks after the carabao cup and just didn't seem to be quite on it 
looked yeah. tired. Maybe the couple of weeks we've had with no midweek game has given him a bit of a refresher. He still does this weird thing where, like, I don't know if you ever play FIFA, but, like, you ever play, like, pro clubs where you just control one man and, like, you just that one man is just basically sliding all over the place. He does that so often. Like, he's just, like, in the first half today, he's, like, sliding. He's like, what? What are you doing? Like, Yeah. Yeah, you think sometimes he'd learn, it works dive in. Yeah. But other times it's like, you're nowhere near the ball at this point. And, yeah. like, that, you are the defensive midfielder. And I think you spoke earlier in the season about, like, his his want to, to slide is maybe because of his physicality dipping. And, and it does leave us vulnerable. Like, I joke about it and be like, what are you doing at times? But, like, it does... It is a bit silly. Like at times, he obviously wins the ball. He made a great tackle on Enzo in the in the, in the second half, and Enzo even mm. like gave him a tap back for like, yeah, that was a great tackle. But like other times, you just he's just sliding in like, yeah, come on, mate. Well, and he got a red card with that this season, so yeah, he's he's got to yeah. be careful for sure. Yeah, and I guess we couldn't do it. Like, would would he have been banned for the cup final if he got a red card? It's domestic competitions, isn't it? So it there was that. Been, yeah. <laughs> if you saw it after the. After the penalty, where he was like hugging Aspilicueta, and I was like, "Get steady on!" I, yeah. I don't trust these VARs. Like after the the Will Hughes one, exactly. In the season, slow it put... right down and take it out <laughs> yeah, of context. Exactly. Yeah, he's like they're going to think he's got him in a headlock. Uh, yeah, there was a bit of bit of handbags, wasn't there? After who was it that jumped in? Oh, it's jumped into David De Gea and then landed on him and. Yeah. They shoved him in the arse and all, <laughs> all a bit, all a bit petty. <laughs> That's the most aggressive day he's been in the box for some time. That is, it is, yeah. Made a couple of good saves today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One that rolled along the ground from Mudrick, and Dave did his best to try and dive over it and accidentally got a hand to it. I think <laughs> so. that was really, really rolling as well, wasn't it? I don't even know if it had got to the goal. To be fair. Yeah. Other thing you note, Marcus Rashford, 30 goals for the season. First time a United player's got 30 goals in the season since Robin Van Persie. Wow. It's quite, it's quite the record. Yeah. Yeah, he looked, he looked really lively when he came on, actually. He did. I'm glad they hadn't risked him for two. I mean, obviously, he played more than he probably, they were probably planning to pay, play him. Mm. I mean, he'd been training and then he got ill, unspecified. Don't know what he was. But uh, yeah, he seems back on it. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what happens next weekend or ne- next week on Sunday against Sunday, Fulham. Because yeah. Ten Hag doesn't like to rotate, doesn't <laughs> doesn't tend to want to have the players out of rhythm. But you don't want to take any risks, do you? Yeah, I was thinking today, like, why is Casemiro still on the pitch? Like, right till the end, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, because we were 1-0 up and... I guess complacent, but also reasonably comfortable at 1-0 because Chelsea was so bad. I, I was a bit surprised to see Rashford coming on rather than Garnacho as well. Like, yeah. I thought yeah. it's only 20, 25 minutes into the game. I thought Garnacho would be the p- p- preferred. And also Garnacho has been great like the last few games that he's, he's come on. I know I may be distinct. I'm just going to keep doing that and keep getting the best out of him that way. But yeah, I thought it was a bit, bit of a risk, I guess. Just especially 10 days out from a cup final. Yeah, I know. We don't, I mean, looks like we lost Anthony, so definitely don't need any more injuries. I mean, I think they took Shaw off, didn't they, at half time, just as a precaution, mm. had been injured. 
And I, I, I suppose I should say Victor Lindelof, excellent at the back again today. A couple yeah. of really good challenges in the second half. And the, the pre-assist as well for the goal. So one of the goals. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so interesting just watching watching Lindelof. Like, I don't know if he looks like a different player, but he, he has so much more confidence around him playing next to Varane rather than, yeah, that mess of a man, Maguire. But, <laughs> yeah, I thought Malassia did really well as well, actually, coming on. Yeah. I, he'd been a bit off form. But, I mean, I also think, yeah, we, we, I'm talking about individual performances and everyone did quite well, but Chelsea were really, really terrible. So I guess that helps. Yeah. Yeah. The the desire has gone out of this Chelsea side for sure. They're all looking at the beach, aren't they? Although they're going to find, I think with Pochettino coming in, they'll probably be back quite early and doing a lot of brutal fitness work. So that'll be a shock to the system. So Yeah. Just to yeah. see how they are next season. Like, I don't know, maybe this coming back to haunt me, but I don't feel like their current squad has enough raw materials to be challenging for top four. Like, I don't think they're a threat right now, looking at their squad, but they're going to buy, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll bring in a forward. I mean, they'll try and offload Lukaku. Might not be able to get anyone to take him on on a what would be the amortisation fee plus... The book fee, at least, you'd be looking for plus massive wages. So it's still yeah. going to be like £50 million fee or something like that. That might be a struggle. I don't suppose Lukaku really wants to be back there. Is he the prototype Pochettino forward? Not sure he is, really. But mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. So, yeah, they got to spend on the forward. I guess it depends on Conte and his fitness and contract situation. They might need another defensive player in midfield there. So, yeah. yeah it's um, weird. For all the money that they've spent, like you don't look at their squad, you don't look at their team today and go, actually, their team on paper is really good. Like, actually, their team on paper still isn't that great, really. It's got like no, there's, there's a lot, lot of young of, like, players. Content- yeah, a lot. Of, yeah. And like you, it's the, the, I think, their youngest Premier League team they've ever had today and you obviously look at that and there's there's potential there but I mean we've known that at United for so many years we've we've had a lot of players with potential who have ended up not even remotely fulfilling that potential and obviously yeah. Pochettino is a manager who can get the best out of players but Pochettino are his best days gone I don't know it's hard to say I mean he definitely I mean it was odd choice going to PSG with Neymar, yeah. Mbappe, and Messi, <laughs> like, and you're a your coach like suppressed from the front. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it it is said that players do a lot of analysis now, or at least their team, their their management teams do on like, are they going to be a good fit with the the destination club? And it didn't feel like that was ever a good fit. But maybe he'd been out of work for a while, and he was just keen to get back into it. Elite club, chance would. I want to go to the Champions League and all that. So, I, I mean, I think the raw materials here are, like feel like they might suit him. A couple of a couple of additions, and just depends on how trigger happy the Todd Bowley and team are. Really, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess they couldn't keep on with Potter. It just got so bad, <laughs> so they <laughs> jumped out of the frying pan into the fire and <laughs> the maestro that is Frank Lampard. 
So, but if they if they had prepared to give Pochettino a couple of years, I'm sure he'd shape this this into into this this into a decent side. A lot of raw materials there. As, and Ten Hag on the other side, I and mean, we've got to say, a trophy, another another cup final to come. Hopefully, ruin City's chance of a treble and a top four finish. That's a successful season, isn't it? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I've taken it last summer before the game was kicked, and I'd have taken it hundred like absolutely snap your hand off after two games. It's oh yeah. It's, uh, I don't know about remarkable turnaround, but it is some turnaround, like you say, to win a trophy and to, to comfortably, I guess, finish top four with a game to spare. I guess it is, can be seen potentially as comfortable. It didn't feel yeah. it a few weeks ago. It didn't feel it on Saturday going into the game. I was thinking we're not going to win away at Bournemouth because our away form has been shocking. And Liverpool is surely going to beat Villa, who have, Villa have dropped off a little bit. But yeah, like now looking at it, just feel... Just looking back on the season and you see the squads, how many holes are in the squad, the injuries we've had at crucial times in the season, the yeah. games we've had to play because we've prioritised pretty much every single game this season. We've had to, I guess, if you, if, if you want, if you have the ambition that Ten Hag has had this season where he wants to go for every trophy and we ended up losing that saucy that game, so we had to take every group game really seriously in the Europa League yeah. to try and uh, get a, a couple of games off, which we obviously didn't. Like it's been a it's been a really really difficult season for him, and like his pragmatism, as I've said a number of times on this show, is has been like the biggest plus for me. I think there's so much work to do, like so much work. Like in terms of our like defensively today, we were so sloppy attacking wise there's still not enough ta- attacking patterns there for me like I was saying about where Sancho should know where the players are going to run it's too it's way too chaotic it's too latter day Arsene Wenger where like that's kind of how they used to play we used to just kind of say to the forward players just kind of play how you want and sometimes it works and sometimes it didn't like to, is he needs to kind of distill that chaos into something that's a lot more methodical, I think, for us to be pressing for titles like Premier League titles and Champions League titles. And there is a long way to go, but yeah, you can't complain about the first season. And mm-hmm. especially, like I say, especially after those first two games. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's got a he's got a vision. He knows how he wants his team to play. It's not fully rounded. He will make compromises. He has had to make compromises, and he gets most of it right. Like the lack of rotation in some games, you can question because it definitely did have an impact downstream, for sure. I think, and the fact that he picked out Vegas in like twenty five games in a row, <laughs> you can kind of you can kind of question that as well. I mean. Desperate times and all that, but the the end result from I mean we're talking about chaos at Chelsea. What about the chaos at United under Raf Ragnick last mm-hmm. the end of last season? It was absolutely miserable, wasn't it? So I don't know if our record under Ragnick was worse than Lampard's at Chelsea. I think it was, but it can't have been that far off. And so you look at where we were then to now, it feels like good progress. And the challenge now for for Ten Hag, but mostly for the club, really, is to get the balance of the squad right for next season to do it early so they can join pre-season because pre-season is like 97 games. 
No, no World Cup in the summer. Let's have the longest tour you've ever imagined, like spanning fifteen different continents. <laughs> it's and, and and if we do get the summer right, and that is a massive if because we've been here so many times before, saying, "Oh yeah, with three or four signings, we could challenge next season." Yeah, but if we do get it right, like that rotation thing, which has been such a big problem, won't be a problem next season because, in in a lot of respects, like. Ten Hag has had to play. He, he's building a new system. He's building a new philosophy at the club. Like he kind of needs to have a stable team from game to game, so those players know how to play the system. And also, the fact that our squads has so many holes in it. When you're pulling out, well, you're not going to pull out Rashford. You're not going to pull out Casemiro. You're not going to pull out Eriksen because the player that's coming in to replace him is nowhere near the level. And hopefully, if we do end up having a really good summer, then you can pull out Casemiro for a game and it won't hamper the team. You can pull out Ericsson, it won't hamper the team. You can pull out Rashford. They, they might hamper it a little bit, but hopefully the player coming in will be as as good yeah. as the next player. And that's what Arsenal struggled with this season as well. And that's why City, mm. with all their financial doping, are the best team in the world at the moment because they can yeah. pull off Mares and bring on Foden. They can bring off Grealish and bring on Bernardo Silva or whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. that, just having two players for every position makes your job so much easier. It's like That's right, I don't know man. whoever's played football manager. Like having a team who have got hundred percent fitness is so in, like important in the in, in the game, and it's almost like the same as like real life, really. And our players have been playing at what? You'd look at Rashford. A lot of yeah, games recently, yeah, yeah. he's been playing at what eighty percent, seventy percent. Samiro similar, Eriksen similar, because they've been having to play so many games. And we've joked about how Ten Hag hates rotating, and he thinks tiredness is kind of like a mental obstacle that can be overcome. <laughs> but if we do have two players for every position, then that, that doesn't become an issue. And hopefully, well, with right. a good summer, yeah. that can happen, and we get Harry Kane in fucking yeah, winning the league, <laughs> aren't we? Yeah, no, easy, easy, hundred <laughs> points in the bag. Put put the money on right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, look, obviously today's helped juice our XG figures a little bit, but they're well off our expected goals. Yeah, and that just tells you we're creating plenty of chances. Bruno should have double the number of assists that he's got, and and it just need a good forward in there. Yeah, really. And honestly, you could even take a, a forward who's not as good as Harry Kane, and it would have made a, the world of difference. But yeah, obviously, you stick Harry Kane in there, and he's going to get twenty odd goals in the season, and and United would be further up the table in a much better position. I guess it's a good segue to talk about the week's gossip on transfers with the United apparently interested in Mason Mount. I mean, I can't say it's one that gets me incredibly excited. I I, I think I've, I'm a little bit split with him because he had a really good season last season. The data supports that as well. And then he's had obviously pretty average one this season, but that his numbers look like they just reverted to the, the mean. Mm-hmm. Really, he's a good progressive passer. He's a very good player on the defensive side of things. Breaks up play. He's great trigger for the press. That's why Gareth Southgate likes him so much. But he's just not a particularly good creative player. And I always looked at him and thought he'd be better at eight than ten. He spent most of his sort of career at 10 and it just didn't seem like the right position for him. But I presume if United are serious and it's not just paper gossip, that's to play him at eight, 
not 10 because that's Bruno's position. Yeah, he's he he, he feels to me like a, a Dortmund player, like a, a system player, like almost like a bit of a Marco Royce type where like he's better with loads of, well, a bit like Sancho, I guess, in some regards, like he's better making other players better. Like you look at like other players that he's compared a lot to unfairly in, in and around the England setup, like the Grealish, Madison, Foden, I guess, those types of tens that Mounts obviously found himself playing in a lot of, in, in that position a lot and being compared to those types of players. He's, he's so different to that because he's not flashy, but he's a really smart footballer. And I think in a, in the right system, he'd be really good. I, I'm also kind of a hundred, not really hundred percent sold on him. I think he's also one of them players that if you saw him every single week, you'd realize how good he is, but I don't watch Chelsea every single week either, or didn't watch Chelsea every single week. And I don't, maybe appreciate him as um, as much but when i uh, back when he came through the system he, i think it, i'm pretty sure it was the same system when foden and and sancho and i think he played in that that yeah. cup winning team back then and i remember i used to watch a lot of youth football back then i remember thinking that mount was the one like his intelligence like the, the other two were obviously great but his intelligence was so like extraordinary that I thought he was the one who was going to be the best of the three. And I feel like he has dipped from there and he doesn't have the technical ability of the others. And like, and even like compared to Madison and Grealish, like I say, he gets compared to a lot and especially by England fans. I think England fans always hate on him, like saying, Oh, why is Mount playing? And like you say, Southgate loves yeah, him. Cause well, he's a good defensive player. Exactly. Yeah. He's got, so. and he makes like those players around him look better, but then he, Having said all that, putting him into the United team, and I know why Ten Hag would like that play, type of player because it it brings more control to the team. He doesn't give the ball away that much. Mm-hmm. He isn't chaotic. But then we've got so many chaotic players. How does he fit in with that? And I think he'd fit in nicely mm. with Sancho. But then again, like you say, he's not that creative. So I don't really. No, I think I think like they're looking. Round, yeah. I can understand. Big square hole. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Eventually. I I wonder whether it's trying to pull off the same trick they did with Ericsson this season, but like like converting from a more attacking player into a, a central midfielder, number eight style player, and um, but just someone who can last ninety minutes because Ericsson clearly can't. Mm-hmm. So and 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 he's a good progressor of the ball. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, who know, who knows? Speculation, but he's out of contract in twenty four. Doesn't seem to have signed it. He's on a relatively low wage. They're probably offering him a ninety seven year contract, <laughs> or not much more than he's earning. The usual thing, but it makes a lot of sense for Chelsea to sell now because they'll be able to book the whole fee, and uh, and they kind of need to do that given their financial fair play position. If he's not going to sign a contract, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, Onstein saying that Mount prefers the move to United above anyone else. Don't know why. Maybe he grew up a United fan coming from Portsmouth. Not sure. But uh, apparently. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I guess because of, I guess Champions League helps as well. Like if his preference is Liverpool uh, or, or his other option is Liverpool. But obviously Ornstein said that. But like does, he says his preference is United. Does that mean that United are interested in him? I didn't know if he... Was that kind of yeah. read between the lines? I think that's the implication. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. 
a lot would depend on the ownership situation, and we haven't heard a thing for weeks since the final, 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 final round of bidding. It's very odd. Yeah, although there was a little bit more detail on the apparent falling out between Rain Group, the bank that organising the selling process, and the, the Qatari bid. It seems like, just reading between the lines, they haven't ponied up the... I mean, it's not like they're going to be lacking proof of funds, but you've got to demonstrate to pass the owners and directors test that the the what's what's the what's the right word for this the uh, gives with a p. Go on, Ed. Yeah, you words know this hard to me. say. Providence of that money, so like where it's come from, and clearly it's a state bid, so it's come from the Emir's bank account in Sheikh Yassin's <laughs> newly formed foundation, which doesn't have any employees or do anything. So. Yeah, clearly, clearly they're going to have to do some shenanigans there. But anyway, that, that's that's it, I think. And um, there must be a lot of frustration on all sides that it's being dragged out so much with with this, who are said to be the preferred bidders, but we've had no actual confirmation of that with Qataris, apparently it seems, and 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 with Eric Ten Hag, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the club will be able to move forward on transfers. It's just you're going to have the hand of Joel Glazer on it, slowing things down. Yeah. And and uh, with the fans, obviously, because we want those fuckers out. Yeah. It's going you just, to... You just really want us to... And it, it happens every summer. Like, you just want us to get some early business in as well. Like... Yeah. That's so important. Like, we've obviously just had the discussion about how we need to really stock up on players for the new season. And the the longer it just drags out, like when did this all start? Like December, November, November was it? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. And and, well, look, you know, Murta and Andy O'Brien on the football side of things. And I mean, presumably they'll at least have an idea of their budget. Now United are going to be back in the champions league. There's, Mm -hmm. there's extra revenue coming from that. There's there's no discount on the main sponsorship deal. Obviously, we don't know what's happening with the front of the shirt sponsor. I guess they may be waiting to decide if uh, Qatari uh, front will be there or whether it will be Ineos, yeah. related parties, whatever. And 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 that yeah, so that that's unclear. Either way, they can put a big number on that because United put up a world record front of ship sponsorship with the Chevrolet deal, so they could go and put sixty-five million pounds on the books there, no problem, without any questions, even under the new rules. So they should be able to guesstimate a budget and and should be able to work with that. You just wonder what kind of fucking about the Glazers may be doing on that front. Oh dear. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, the scene. I think everyone must be just so tired of it. Like, oh yeah, I'm jaded. Yeah, we just don't want to have all these conversations about guitar. No, it would just be absolutely beautiful. I mean, like we've spoken about so many times before, but like there are a lot of downsides to to Ratcliffe taking over as well. But it would be just beautiful never to have to to hear about guitar again or never have to think about that anymore. Like if if yeah. if they don't well. We got a like reminder this week of you know what what is likely to happen. So Newcastle uh, negotiating air quotes here. Or oh, you can see it because we put out clips now, so <laughs> it's not just a podcast. <laughs> negotiating with uh, what are they called? Seller events, is it? 
and who are a PIF owned company who PIF is the public underline in bold letters public investment fund, the national investment fund of the Saudi Arabia, headed by Mohammed bin Salman. Absolutely nothing to do with the government, of course, even though <laughs> he's head of state. Anyway, so they're all related. So this is a, a company owned by the public investment fund, whose CEO is also on the board of a bunch of other companies owned by the public investment fund. And they are, of course, the owners of Newcastle as well. So very much a related party. But yeah, they're, they're looking to tr- more than triple their front of share revenue as a result. And And like, both of the things that have happened over the last few days, Man City winning the league, Newcastle getting the top four, like you can't think about it without thinking about states like sport, sports watching. Like their whole, no, their right. all, their all success is just being tainted by, by their ownership. And that's exactly what would happen to United if, if we were in the same position. I'd, and I don't see why people would want that. Like you, I don't know if you've read Alan Shearer's... Well, I, I didn't read yeah, it. I, I did. heard it on, on Second Captains where they absolutely eviscerated really, it. Really, like, Yeah, yeah. It's just so... The man is so pathetic. Oh, it's just so pathetic. Absolutely. It's, like, so sickening. And also, like, the, the lack of self-awareness, the lack of... I guess almost the fear of being... I guess that's what the Newcastle what the, the public Newcastle fans have now is a fear that if they mention anything to do with Saudi, they'll just get eaten alive by the Newcastle fans because that is literally what happens. I saw, I was looking through this NUFC mm-hmm. against sports washing Twitter account the other day, put out a great thread mm-hmm. and the amount of Newcastle fans in there just absolutely hating on them. Like, Oh, you're not Newcastle fans. You're Mackhams in disguise, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I guess there is a fear from, from, like people like Alan Shearer can't say that, but to write something like that, like, and I know, I guess the Athletic have come to him saying we need to, we need a piece after what's happened, but it's just sickening. Like it's really grim. And like if Gary Lineker, he's part of the PR machine. He's part of the PR machine, yeah. right? So, like, if you do that, you are fulfilling the aims and wishes of at least partly the aims and wishes of, of what the owners want there. I mean, I, I do think. It's slightly like the Newcastle sports washing is slightly different than the Abu Dhabi sports washing, right? In, in, as in Newcastle, like sports and entertainment is a key tenet of their internal political process in Saudi Arabia. It's a very, very young population. And this is this is part of the kind of reframing of Bin Salman as a modernizer. It's, it's not just for sort of quote-unquote Western audiences, where I think Abu Dhabi, there is a lot of internationalization to what they're trying to do, but the process is the same, right? It's it's get the fans on board, weaponize the fans, get the media to be complicit because the media don't want to say in every single article, fifth paragraph down, and this is a state-owned mm-hmm. club that is doing this for X, Y, and Z reasons, so, and they don't as a result, and especially with the athletic now being such a prominent voice in the kind of sports media their model is about like getting subscriptions from fans based on local reporting and that's it that's just their model mm. and they and therefore what what do you see george culkin and alan shearer just being absolute cheerleaders for for Newcastle and and the aims of the the regime that's in control there, right? And you see it with the other local, like Luke Edwards at the Telegraph yeah. as well, doing exactly the same thing. 
and it, to the point that it's obs- pathetic obsequiousness because they they fear losing access if they if they are not that. Mm. It's but but this is this is part of the playbook. You you weaponize fans, you weaponize the media, you control the narrative, and it's very sadly very easy to do. And and if United end up getting taken over by Qatar, and it seems like a very live, real possibility still, then probably regularly we'll get three state-owned clubs as representatives of England in the Champions League. <sighs> what a delight! And the only other options will be private equity-backed clubs. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah, football is not in a good position right now. No. United play Fulham on Sunday for the sharp sharp segue there, but play Fulham, who are just owned by your bog-standard billionaire. It's kind of refreshing, isn't it? Just, Khan, you know, is it? Your yeah, yeah, that's right. Also in Jacksonville Jaguars, who did well in uh, this year, didn't they, in the NFL? Yeah, for one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's going to, like you say, it's good. Ten Hag does not like to rotate, but you think, what are we, nine nine days out from the cup final, you think they're... At home to Fulham. Yeah, and it'd be nice to see yeah. some of the youngsters as well, to be honest. I, I love watching those lads play. Like, I don't know how fit like Kobe Mainu or Zidanic Ballet are at the moment, but it'd be nice to see both of them yeah, two sure. play. And Garnacho, I guess, from the start, and maybe Alanga, I guess, get a bit of a run. Veghorst, maybe. Why not? One final swan song. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you can you do the lap of honour, Carney, yeah. and Jack, wave goodbye to Old Trafford. Debut for Jack Butland. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Tom Heaton. Yeah. So Maybe do a half each. I think Heaton's out of contract, so we'll see. It might be his last appearance at Old Trafford. Although United, depending on what they do in the summer, there may be some... You need to have eight homegrown players in the squad. And a few of the fringe players that you'd expect to go like Henderson, Maguire, maybe even Alanga, all homegrown. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah. I guess it'll be interesting to see um, what we do with the, the lads out on loan as well. Like Ahmad, from what I've seen this season, has to come into the first team, I'd say. I think he's good. I think he's that good. Yeah, yeah. He, he deserves a chance, doesn't he? Yeah. And like, he's short. He was always, he was such a weird signing. And I mean, I've had a go at our scouts so many times on this podcast, but. If this lads turns out to be a first team regular at United, then them scouts needs all the praise in the world because how the hell have they done that? Like the lad that played like two games yeah. for Atalanta and then just didn't look he looked fine, didn't he? He looked like a good player. And then all of a sudden, like him coming like he did he didn't play that much at Rangers last season. He scored a few goals and obviously they were doing well when he went into that that team. And then yeah. this season, he looks like, wow. Like, he looks like such a player. Like, so much ability. It's just it's an incredible signing if he turns out to be a first-team regular. Yeah, well, well, there's, yeah. There's a few steps to get in there. Yeah, there, there is, but yeah. I, 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 look, he, he'll, he'll spend time on tour in the summer. Ten Hag will get to spend some more time with him on the training pitch. I think they're going to be back at the end of July aren't they? When to, I can't remember where the first game is. It's is it the New York game against Arsenal or the Dortmund game? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, there's there's a game in New York. There's a game in San Diego is, I think, the first one, actually. Maybe it's San Diego, Vegas, not, New not York. Not too far from you, is it? How long is that? About 15-hour drive or something? 
Vegas, it's yes, yeah, fifteen hundred miles. So yeah, I could do it in two days, I suppose, or fly. Yeah, <laughs> which is I, I I have been thinking about going. It's like I'm just weighing up the logistics and timing and stuff like that. What about so, San Diego? I mean, is that a bit further? Uh, it's it's further. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I mentioned on the pod I did the road trip down to LA yeah. a bit. Yeah, a few weeks back. So yeah, it'd be another four hours four hours on from LA. Again, you could add a push to it in two days if you're driving or obviously yeah it's three hour flight or something like that but the tickets are really insane mm. for that one they're like four hundred dollars each wow so for a friendly in which they've already said it will be the kids Jesus. in that game you could see beyonce so, for that as well vegas is always fun though not for two minutes not for two is that at the uh, the uh, vegas ground i guess it must be allegiant stadium yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just just the south end of the strip. If those of you know Vegas, yeah, I've had a few. Quite, I mean, I used to go there quite a bit for work purposes, and of course, everyone's on expenses, and you're like, uh, well, yeah, we'll have a few too many drinks and a visit to the country club, quote unquote. <laughs> so it's a it's a wild place. Like I know they used. To- well, it's kind of. It, it's not it kind of it's wild because it doesn't it's not like a, I know it's like the kind of reputation and all that but it's it's just weird because yeah. you feel like you're in a city themed theme park. yeah it does feel like a theme you park know? it's like a, a yeah. theme park for adults and you it, because of the, the the amount of like sensory overload that you feel because there's just lights and stuff going on all the time it gives you this real high of being like, I know, I remember there used to be... And that's the whole point, yeah, isn't it? It's there used the, to be that stupid thing yeah. that they said, oh, yeah, they pump oxygen into the casinos and that's why everyone feels so energetic all the time. But yeah. yeah, I think if they did that, then <laughs> places would blow up. But like, you do feel like such a high and then you leave it and you're like, oh my God, I feel horrendous. <laughs> such a yeah, crash. I think, I can't remember, it, was, it might be in the one... Either my first or one of the first trips I ever took there, I ended up in the like the Frontier Hotel, which doesn't exist anymore. So this was a few years back, watching Lady Bikini Bronco. Wow! At like four in the morning, and as I turned to my friend, I was like, "What are we doing? What are we, <laughs> what are we doing with ourselves? Why are we doing this?" Yeah. And yeah, so it's that kind of place where you regret all your life choices. Oh my god! Yeah. And anyway. Eric, don't let the lads out because there'll be some trouble. Oh, man. So, it's hard not to get into trouble there. It's just, it just doesn't feel real. Like it, like, like you said, it's like a theme park. Should mention for the women's team, away at Liverpool on Saturday. Still got a chance of winning WSL. It seems unlikely Chelsea are at home to the Reading, the bottom team. So, And Chelsea being on a, a real tear at the moment. Um, but still, still in with the chance, and even even if they don't win the league, they, they're going to qualify for the Champions League. That's a a big step up for the club. It, it's a huge, it's a huge leap this season, like a huge leap. I don't think anyone expected us to leap this leap that huge either. Like, but then it also feels like quite not a disappoint. I guess disappointing because it we've done all we can for the last few months, just winning, 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 winning. And yeah. just to see Chelsea doing exactly the same, it's like, oh, it's really frustrating. And putting up those huge numbers as well. So they took took a goal difference out of the yeah. equation. So it's yeah, yeah it, it, like it's it's so good in so many respects, but then it's also like, yeah, frustrating because you feel like they couldn't have done much more to and I guess that's a good thing, really. No, they couldn't. And they played well in the cup final yeah. as well. I mean they played well. Yeah. And and it's just just that one moment. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, any progression forward. I guess the the question is, can they keep their better players? Looks like Onobache is off to Barcelona. It's been the rumor. It's been the rumor for a long time, but a few a few accounts confirming that. And Alessia Russo still not signed a contract, mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of chatter. Don't, I don't know the truth of it because the actual overall wage budget is, is fairly healthy in WSL terms, but a, a lot of chatter about United sort of not putting up the contract numbers that they need to 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 keep these players on board. And there'll be two, if if it works out like that, there'll be two really big losses. Yeah, huge. And I think that's what I I kind of mean by it, like how frustrating it is as well because I feel like if we win if we won the league I, I feel like the club would buy into the whole project more and there'd be more focus on it and, and they'd put more money into it whereas now like coming short the players as well might not feel like this is the right club for me like I think I feel like that's what, the way that Alessio Russo's looked at the last two years at United whereas if we'd have maybe gone on and 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 yeah, established ourselves as yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be here every year now. This is this is what we are. But you think if we lose two or three players in the summer, it's so difficult to be going for those Champions League spots because the top, the other top, yeah, the teams are like obviously City and Arsenal are, are yeah, really yeah. really strong as well. So it's difficult. Yeah, and and United benefited from City having quite a lot of turnover in the squad last summer. I think I think that's transitional season for them, and you expect them to be stronger next year so yes this this may well have been the big opportunity yeah. we'll see i mean the irony of course is in fact i don't know what Ineos's take could be on the women's team but the qataris have made a big fuss about like investing in the women's team in their in their pr and probably would because if you think about what they've done they've done at paris saint germain yeah. and and supporting all the things you might not expect like rainbow campaigns and stuff like that because that's part of the pot that's part of the sports watching right mm-hmm. look at this thing not at what we do domestically yeah. and not to get back onto that my favorite soapbox it really is because <laughs> i love being called a racist every week i really do yeah, yeah. and uh, anyway so yeah th- th- there may be some uh, irony is not the right word but there may actually be some money pumped into that team but well we'll see anyway good luck good luck yeah, they need, Saturday, Saturday, they need a big striker. They need a big striker look as well. Like it's not that yeah. not the United team don't need the look, but Reading. Yeah. They need Chelsea to come down with a group wide squad wide food poisoning yeah, or something like, that's like that. Tottenham team before that that last game of the season all those years ago. Was it the lasagna? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. So anyone who's near the Chelsea, wherever they're staying the night before and wants to slip in some dodgy eggs into the <laughs> casserole or whatever. Yeah. All right. I guess that's it, folks. Thanks a lot for listening to us ramble for an hour. And so uh, good to talk to you again, Tom. Cheers. Thank you. Catch you after the weekend.